Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Sitting in the Z Building's control room, the Zoo Crew is plastered around their crime monitor. Captain, get in here. You're going to want to see this. Pig Iron calls out. And bounding into the room, Captain Carrot enters, resplendent in his yellow crime-fighting costume. On the monitor is displayed the leader of the Decepticons, calling out our hero. I challenge the strongest on this planet to fight me one-on-one. -on -one. Win, and I'll leave. Lose, and I conquer your pathetic planet. Captain Carrot checks his carrot holsters, nods to the zoo crew, and bounds out the window, ready to defend his planet. It's Bunny versus Robot. It's Zoo Crew versus Transformers. It's Captain Carrot versus Megatron. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus, Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, the Who Would Win production team has created a battle. I can only call this a complete symphony of destruction. In one quarter, you have Ray Stacanus' most ridiculous selection ever, not kidding, by the way. The super-powered rabbit from DC Comics, Captain Carrot, versus someone rumored to announce their presidential bid in the upcoming week, is the leader of the Decepticons. I'm talking, of course, about Megatron. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And, yeah, no, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. This one's just crazy. No one's talked about this matchup at all, ever, never going to happen, not a single person. And I'm actually offended that we're even talking about it today. So with that said, Ray, why don't you give us your thoughts on today's matchup? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on today's matchup, James Gavsey. Look, all season long, it's been who can win four in a row. If you can win four in a row, you get whoever you want to on the show. And gloriously, last week, I finally completed the trifecta, the quadfecta. What do we call it? I don't care. I won four in a row, meaning that nobody in that room could stop me from bringing Captain Carrot on the show. Now, there were a lot of great suggestions, I lie, from the people, the Legion of Audience, but more importantly, the Awkward Allies, the Rainiacs out there. You had a lot of good ideas. Look, uh, I thought about many characters, Sid 6.7, Squirrel Girl, One Punch Man. There were many, many choices I could have gone with, but let's face facts. I want it, you want it, everyone wants it. Captain Carrot on the Who Would Win show and it's happening today, get excited. So let's kind of tell the whole story here, Ray Sicanis. You know, this season, I mentioned this last episode, this season has been horrific in terms of judges making really, really bad calls and giving you the winners way too often. I know you often. have gotten some wins this year. It's been awful. 
It's crazy. And and what's most important is that, you know, I kind of did an analysis and you got to check this out. You got to see where the patterns are. And I kind of saw it whenever you had a judge on that you were somehow associated with or kind of connected with in some way. All of a sudden, the judgment got really, really weird. It kind of veered off course or whatever. And I kind of had to take a step back and say, listen, I kind of see it. I see where this whole season is going. And again, I'm James Gavsey. If I don't win the battle, I'm going to win the war. So how could I have won the war this time? Well, luckily, I read fine print on any contract I sign, unlike Ray Sicanis. And here's the deal. Sure enough, Ray Sicanis got to pick whomever he wanted to represent on today's episode. So he, air quotes, wisely chose Captain Carrot. Fantastic, Ray. You're so awesome. That's fantastic. It's great. Here's the deal. I was able then, according to the contract fine print, to pick whomever I wanted as long as they appeared on the Who Would Win show before or previously in another episode. So I had no choice, Ray Sicanis. I had to pick the one person I have been campaigning to represent to the Who Would Win production team for literally freaking years. It's someone who you repped. And repped horribly. You got a loss for this person. We all know it's true. And one of the most controversial decisions of all time for the show, somehow you lost repping our Lord and Savior, Megatron. So I had no choice. I had no choice, Race to Canis, to say, oh, Captain Carrot, you are getting wrecked. You are getting crushed. You are getting dismantled by the one and only leader of the Decepticons, Megatron. What do you think your chances are today, Race to Canis? They're not good. Hint, hint. Roughly 105%. Look, I know this character of Megatron inside, outside, forward, backwards. I've repped him on the show before. How dare you bring up bad decisions in the history of the Who Would Win show and then act like the single worst decision in the history of the Who Would Win show was a result of my arguments. After that match was over, you told me you thought Megatron should win. You told me like 98 times you wanted to go back and ask Mitchell if he would please reverse the decision. Oh, please, Mitchell. Oh, please, Mr. Baldwin. That We both know that was terrible. Mitchell's apologizing to me after the, afterwards through social media. Look, I don't need to hear about it anymore. Now, once and for all, Captain Carrot is going to shut your mouth about our Lord and Savior Megatron when he goes 0-2 on the Who Would Win show, and I love the character. I hate doing it to him, but I love doing it to you. That sounds really wrong on so many levels. Here's the deal, Ray Sicanis. I never said he could have won or whatever was going on with the match. I said he should have won. There's no way when you rep Megatron, with all the ways Megatron has to win, there's no way he should ever lose. But with all that being said, let's just see what our guest judge has to say about all of this. Making yet another appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's the host of the Brentfest podcast with Brent Pope. It's the executive VP of Who Would Win. It's the person who can fire both Ray Sicanis and myself, if he so chooses. It's the one and only Brent Pope. Brent, welcome to Who Would Win. Hey, guys. I would never fire you guys. Too much paperwork. That's fair. There's a lot. Ugh. Especially, you know, for the state of California. That's yep. not an easy thing. So, Brent, listen, you know, you've seen what's been going on with the show. Things are crazy. Before we get into all of that nonsense, please tell our fan base, Legion of Audience, what you've been up to. Oh, gosh. Uh, if you go on Apple TV, you can see me on this show called Surfside Girls. It's a kid's show, guys. So if you want to see me in a kid's show on Apple TV. I do. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Playing a city council member, that's, you know, uh, yeah, he's just a city council member, that's it. I want to come up with something more uh, great than that, but he's a city council member, and I had fun playing him, and then some other things still coming up, and, you know, of course, we've still got breakfast always come, coming up on 100 episodes, and uh, if you count the bonus episodes, almost 200 episodes, so here's something funny. 
I actually had an audition the other day. I don't usually talk about auditions I had that I didn't get, but I, it's the this is the longest time in between auditions on a show. I think 12 years ago, I auditioned for Kirby Enthusiasm, and I finally <laughs> just did it again. It's like, how do you audition for a show twice, 12 years apart? That show has been on for so long. I assume I didn't get it, and if I did, this would be a great uh, bonus to add on later. But, you know. but anyway, it's always fun to audition for that show. Were you uh, Larry David's stunt double again? Was it a speaking role? What was happening? With that? <laughs> uh, no, I was not. Uh, I, I can't tell you what it, part it was because the show hasn't aired. So, but it was, yeah, uh, it was someone that it, someone that was having a problem. Larry was having a problem with surprise, surprise. Larry having a problem with somebody on the show. I mean, that's outrageous. So crazy where outrageous. the show's going, and you know, all this time. All right, listen, uh, Legion of Audience, definitely check out the Brentfist uh, podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. Both Ray Stakinas and I have been on episodes, and they were really, really a lot of fun. More importantly, for this podcast. Listen, Brett, you've seen what's been going on with the show lately. Do you agree with Ray that the judging has been absolutely spot on? Or do you agree with me that things have been really, really suspect for quite some time? Well, I don't know how to answer that, James, because the one that, you know, the last time I was on, everybody complained because they said that Shrek should not have beat. Uh, who was it even? Yeah. They were the nemesis. You're asking nemesis. The, nemesis. one of the people who was part of the problem, nemesis. James. What no, do you think it, he's going to say? Uh, look. <laughs> the rules of the show are <laughs> crossovers or there there is nothing in the rules specifically saying a deleted scene cannot be used and if it even if it was a crossover it can be used just given less emphasis now i would say just like if a song is deleted for like a uh, yellow lead better is not on a pearl jam album it was deleted from whatever album it was supposed to be on still one of the greatest pearl jam songs of all time and still is still Pearl Jam. So the thing that happened in the in that uh, thing, whether it was a commercial, or whatever, it's not. It wasn't taken out because it wasn't what Shrek could or would do. They just chose to not put it in. So shut up, Ray. <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> anyway, sometimes I sometimes I agree with the judges. Sometimes I don't. I don't know. I think that's what's great about the show. It's like if I agreed with them one hundred percent of the time, then something's wrong with it. You know. So. Uh, I think you're on a streak right now, James, where you, you feel like you're getting the raw end of the deal. And maybe you are, but maybe you aren't. I don't know. And then Ray feels like that all the time. Even when he wins, he seems to feel like he should have won by more somehow. I think I know that you're a warrior, though, James. And you will not take these losses so you won't just like go quietly into the night. You're not going to be like, well, I guess that is what happens in those UFC things. Like they, they retire in the ring sometimes. They're like, no, I'm done. But I don't think you're going to do that right now. No way. No way am I going to retire. Listen, listen, listen. Brent Pope, executive VP of the Who Would Win show. You've got so much history with this show. You understand when a show goes off the rails and when a show actually is doing what it's supposed to be doing, even when you have a tough judge decision to be made. Listen, I remember the Shrek versus Nemesis kind of whole debacle. And then, look, a few months later, I repped Mc, you know, Ronald McDonald versus the Burger King, and I only used commercials, some that aired yeah. in you know the United States, some that didn't air, and all of a sudden Ray's totally fine with it. Nothing wrong with that. It's really interesting how specific he is when he objects. But that's all good. That's all fine. We have finally raised four wins in a row, which, by the way, I will congratulate Ray on that one. I'm congratulating him on getting the judges he wanted in place and somehow doing something with them. He got four wins in a row. It's what it is, Ray. It's what everyone's saying. But literally no one is saying that. Everyone's saying that. And Captain Carrot, what a wonderful selection. What a wonderful choice. He's right up there with NFL Super Pro, uh, except I think he had more issues. 
right? Then Super, he did. Super Robot. Okay, he that's did. A, that's a cool thing. And now he's going up against our Lord and Savior Megatron, who hopefully is running for president very soon. Anyway, with all that being said, it's about that time. Ray, let's get this party started. Do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing DC Comics, the hero who's never had a bad hair day, Captain Carrot. And representing Transformers, the giant robot who's not just fighting for pride today, he's fighting to get a giant monkey off his back, Megatron. Based off Ray's first uh, dad joke, can I declare victory or is that a thing? Uh, I might have just won uh, outright. <clears throat> I do have to say this real quick. That hair pun, actually, I'm going to give Ray an extra point. It was so bad that I got to give him an extra point. <laughs> what I count on. Um, I think yeah, you should give Ray an extra point, too. He is uh, His insides have actually been replaced by uh, liquefied Pepsi Max. Liquefied because Pepsi Max not doesn't count as a liquid, even though you take it in. So I think he deserves a few more points for that. Just being able to think coherently with the volumes of Pepsi Max in his system. Ray, I'm saying... I'm worried about enough, you. Yeah. Right. You drink enough Pepsi Max or any of those c- colas like that, it can actually dissolve uh, kidney stones. I did that. It's a, it's a home remedy. I did it once. Yeah. That's why I've never had kidney stones. <laughs> <laughs> but you're constantly dehydrated and constipated. So, you know, trade-offs. <laughs> you take the good with the bad. Yeah, that's the fair. facts of life. That's mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. You are oh. the Mrs. Garrett of this show. So, <laughs> Oh, girls. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each of will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. All right, Ray Sicanus, I don't know why I'm saying this, but what version of Captain Carrot, the hell, what version of Captain Carrot will you be using today? You know, there were actually options here, but I, if I'm going to do this right, because I think based on the way you were talking, I know the way you're going to go here. I am going with the original 20, uh, 20 to 21 uh, issue run of Captain Carrot, the amazing zoo crew from the early 1980s. I'm going to stick with it. Cool. All right. Well, listen, I don't have a choice. There's been many great versions of Megatron, some not so great, but the greatest version of them all is the G1 Megatron from the original animated series. I am going with that version of Megatron because you just have to in this situation. All right. Rule number four, debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides is the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store to get your very own Who Would Win merchandise and accessories. Go to whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some Who Would Win merch right now. In this life, it pays to zig when everyone else is zagging. Movement saw a stagnant marketplace for watches and accessories and changed it with their unbelievable prices on some pretty classy stuff. You know, by now I love my Astro Blue watch. I wear it when I want to look good. When we do live Who Would Win shows again in 2023, I guarantee I will be wearing my Astro Blue watch. And you know what time of year it is. Get something classy for your loved ones and don't break your bank to do it. 
Be the good gifter with movement. During their seasonal sale, get a special discount just in time for the holidays. Join the movement today at MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Join the movement. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Captain Carrot. Captain Carrot, oh, I love to hear it said, is a talking rabbit hero and part of the Zoo Crew. He first appeared in the New Teen Titans number 16 back in 1982 as part of a 16-page insert before the crew got their own 20-issue run that followed, which is self-described as the world's 12th greatest comic magazine. Captain Carrot and his amazing Zoo Crew was created by Roy Thomas and Scott Shaw, exclamation point. Operating out of Follywood, California, the Zoo Crew is a multiversal superhero team that is a send-up of the Avengers. Pig Iron is Iron Man. Yankee Poodle is Captain America. Alley Cat Abra is Scarlet Witch. Captain Carrot is somehow the Superman equivalent in this crew and its most forward member. Given the DC multiverse, Cap is from Earth-C, a universe where everyone is an anthropomorphic animal of some kind. Later introduced was Earth-C-, which was home to the Justolata Animals Group, or the JLA, a send-up of the Justice League of America. Despite their short 20-issue run, Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew is often brought back for cameos and new stories And most of the time when you see a talking animal in DC Comics, it's a shout out to the Zoo Crew and their new home on Earth-26. Fun fact, Captain Carrot's secret identity is a secret, but we know it. His original full name was Roger Rabbit. Yeah, Roger Rabbit. But when that movie, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, was about to hit theaters like, you know, what, six, seven years later? It was revealed that he had been going by his middle name and that Rodney was his actual first name. So he started suddenly going by Rodney Rabbit right around the time the film hit theaters. Uh Uh-huh, I'll say it. I don't like that Roger Rabbit stole Captain Carrot's name. Rude. And that is Captain Carrot. So you're saying he was created by Ray Thomas? 
Roy Thomas, yeah. Roy Thomas. Is that the founder of Wendy's? Uh, yes. Uh, Roy Thomas is the twin brother of Dave Thomas, founder Dave of Thomas. Wendy's. Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas, sorry. I just, I thought that would be a fun thing. I didn't know. That's interesting. All right. Here are the fun details for Megatron. Now, Megatron first appeared in episode one of the iconic Transformers cartoon series, which originally aired in 1984. Megatron was responsible for bringing Cybertron out of its golden age when he restarted the Autobot Decepticon Civil War over nine million years ago. Among his first actions was the fatal wounding of a young dock worker named Orion Pax, who was rebuilt to become Megatron's mortal enemy, Optimus Prime. After millions of years of war, our Lord and Savior Megatron, along with many Decepticons, boarded the Autobot spacecraft when it was on a mission to search for new sources of energy on other planets and was knocked offline like all the other Transformers when the craft crash-landed on prehistoric Earth. When both factions reawakened in 1984, Megatron made it his mission to pillage all of Earth's natural resources with the goal of revitalizing Cybertron and dominating the entire universe. His plans were cunning, wicked, and outrageous, but one fact remained true— it was an honor to die at the hands of Megatron. Yeah, I added that. And here's an interesting fact about Megatron. Did you know that Megatron killed Michael Bay? It's true. Although Michael Bay is a big-time movie director, did you also know that he was kind of an actor? Okay, maybe. You know, that saying he's an actor is kind of a stretch, but he did make a cameo in a variety of movies. Michael Bay played a frat boy in Mystery Men and was a photographer in Coyote Ugly. He also made an appearance in a Transformers movie, though it was easy to miss. Towards the end of the film, I believe this was the first Transformers film, Optimus Prime, Megatron, and Sam Witwicky take a tumble off of a building and land hard on the street below. While Megatron is getting up, humans are scrambling all around him. Randomly, he chooses to flick a human in a light blue shirt across the screen and into a car, but not before saying, disgusting. That poor bystander, you guessed it, was Michael Bay. And now you have the facts in both opponents. Brent, do you have any questions before we get started? I thought we were go you were going to be using the Megatron that was the the wide receiver Calvin Johnson that uh, retired at like twenty nine years old rather than continue to live in Detroit. So that's not right. You're you're. I mean, both of them might beat this Captain Carrot dude because Megatron is a really good football player. But this is the the robot. The robot. Yes, I wanted to go with the robot. I felt uh, the football player you're referencing just had too much speed for Captain Carrot. Just too okay. much speed. It just wasn't going to be fair. Gotcha. And the question I had for Ray is, so if, if uh, I know you have a birthday coming up, if Captain Carrot does cameos, how much does he charge? Because I'd like to maybe get you a personal message from him. On it's expensive to get those rights, Brent. Here's the deal. If we want to take all the money we've made from who would win and dump it into Captain Carrot to do a cameo for me, I will sign off on that right now. Okay. This, I got, got some thinking to do. Maybe we'll do this. Okay. That's all the questions I have. Yeah. You know, on a side note, when there is, and I'm sure there will be, an animated version of Captain Carrot, I'm actually nominating Race to Canis for the role. I should be playing Captain Carrot. That is just yes. a simple fact. Yeah. No hatred, right? I mean, pure up, you, you, like, straight up, you would be amazing as Captain Carrot. I think we got to make this a thing. All right. With all that being said, we got to get this battle started. Ray, go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for I can't believe it. I'm even here. Captain Carrot. We're going to talk about his strength and his durability as well as where he comes from because it's part of Earth-C. What happened here is that Superman was part of Earth, okay? This is where it begins as many DC comic stories do. And uh, everybody around him was turning into uh, creatures. They were devolving. And so he saw... He tried to go towards Pluto where he saw that these things were coming from and he ends up hitting this like force field around the earth. 
he sees a meteor pass through outwardly towards Earth and says, oh, that meteor got through the force field. If I grab the meteor, I can fly through the force field. I don't know how Superman uh, understands science or logic, but it doesn't, you know, always play. He grabs the meteor, goes and gets transported to this alternate Earth in an alternate dimension, Earth-C, with the meteor that broke broke into six pieces and flew around, you know, the, the general United States, Earth, whatever, I forget. Doesn't matter. Anyway, he decides when he gets back to Earth, he says, I don't know what's going on, but I don't see a difference because I'm, I'm dumb Superman. He puts on his uh, Clark Kent glasses and goes to the, he goes to the Daily Bugle, Daily Planet, whatever it's called. He goes to that newspaper he writes for <laughs> and then ends up sitting on Roger Rabbit finding out, oh, I'm in a planet of animals. The gist of it is Roger Rabbit, one of those meteorites gave powers. Those meteorite shards gave powers to whoever it hit. One of them landed in his out of the window carrot bed where he grew his carrots. Roger Rabbit ate one of those carrots and turned into Captain Carrot, which means that he needs to eat these carrots in order to keep up his powers. Eating a cosmic carrot gives him 24 hours of power and he has to regenerate them. Now, the more he uses his powers, the quicker that 24 hours goes by, but he always carries a bunch more with him. So that's not going to be an issue in this battle. Now, let's talk a little bit about some of his strength. Because strength, he has very, very powerful strength. One of the first things he did as Captain Carrot was he punched Superman. He punched Superman and launched Superman through several walls of the building. Superman himself says, it feels like I got hit with a kryptonite fist. And if you are punching Superman across a building and he's having trouble getting up afterwards, what's going to happen when he punches Megatron? Megatron is going to go down in one shot like a rock'em sock'em robot. His head's going to pop off and that's going to be the end of Megatron right there. Heck, at one point there were these space drone robots that all had Mickey Mouse head ears. <laughs> Don't ask me about it. He kicked one of their heads off. He's fought robots before and easily, easily defeated them. At one point, a bull and a rhino, two very large anthropomorphic creatures, grabbed each of his ears. With the strength of just his ears alone, he smashed them both together over his head, taking them both out. At one point, an airplane was flying out of control. Superman couldn't handle it. Remember when Homelander couldn't handle that airplane? Well, in the comic books, Superman couldn't handle this out-of-control airplane, so Captain Carrot got in front of it and stopped the airplane from crashing into a building full of people. At one point, a spaceship was flying out of control towards deep space. Captain Carrot jumps in the air, catches up to the space shuttle, uses his incredible strength to bend the rudder of the back of the ship so somehow it catches the wind in outer space and does a 180 and comes back down to Earth. And in fact, my favorite feat, Captain Carrot fell from space to Earth. He was caught by another character, a pig iron, but he was totally fine. No damage whatsoever. Starro the Destroyer, you know him from the Suicide Squad movie, shot Captain Carrot with a devolving blast that was meant to turn him into a regular bunny, and it just stung him a little bit. He was fine. He's tanked attacks. He once tanked Armadillo's ball attack, and he was a, like a seven-foot-tall Armadillo character who rolled him into a ball, slammed into him, and he ate it so his teammate wouldn't get hurt. He once uh, flying Pig Iron, his hero, his friend, Iron Man, Pig Iron, flying through the air, and he took the shot against a wall, destroyed the wall to protect his friend. This guy can take damage. And even when he was depowered and he was his regular Roger Rabbit self, 
He was slammed through a wall by the bunny from beyond, and he took that damage and got up and kept going. The point is, he's too strong. He's going to overpower Megatron, and he's too durable. He can take whatever Megatron can dish out. And that is my point number one. All right, here's the problem. The problem is, once I found out and really realized that Ray was repping Captain Carrot, I had to actually read and research and read issues of Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. And yeah, it's not as bad as you thought. It's way worse. So unfortunately, I have a whole lot of information that completely goes against so much of what Ray just said. Now, first of all, Captain Carrot himself says a number of times that he's not super durable. He's nowhere near as invulnerable as Superman at his peak. He often gets hurt. He you know, gets knocked out. He gets smashed around easily. He's nowhere near the strongest, most durable character within the zoo crew. I believe that's Pig Iron, who's way more powerful in that regard. Again, not super durable. I wish he was. He'd be a better character. Uh, number two, he carries two carrots with him. Not a bunch, Ray Sicanus. Two. And you're right. The more he exerts himself, the quicker his powers run out. Against Megatron, he'll be guaranteed exerting his powers finally, or not finally, yeah, I guess finally, Superman, when he went through into this Earth Sea, whatever happened, he was severely weakened. He mentioned it a number of times from epi- you know, issue one through, I think, whatever, three or four, whatever he was in for that whole series. He wasn't his regular self. In fact, he was in sometimes still, up, you know, nowhere near his regular power and still, in some ways, way more powerful than Captain Carey. And that's about it. Listen, Captain Carrot's great, but he is not a Superman equivalent, not even close. Now, let me get to my point number one. Disagree all you want, Race of Kings. It's in the comic books. I got proof. Let me get to my point number one. Let's talk about kind of the powers and abilities of Megatron. Now, let me sell this right now. Megatron for this battle, he's staying in robot mode for this fight. Just want to make that clear. And in case you didn't know, Megatron is, in fact, a giant robot. He's over 22 feet tall, well, weighs well over 10 tons. That is huge. And with that size comes a lot of power. First of all, he's super strong. Now, I'm not saying he's super strong as a character. Amongst Autobots and Decepticons and Transformers, he can, he's considered to be super strong amongst giant robot transformers he's way stronger than them evidently he can lift up to four million pounds which is two thousand tons i'm not saying he can do it easily but that's his upper limit when he picked up the giant statue of lincoln at the washington memorial which was made out of georgia marble yeah i researched it it weighed 175 tons 175 tons megatron did it easier than as if i was lifting up a folding chair fun fact a weak punch from megatron caused the ninety thousand ton washington memorial to crack and fall over that's insane by the way, he can fly, and he can fly insanely fast. So, you know, Mach, I believe it's Mach 4 or 5. He keeps up with Jet Fighter, Starscream, what have you. This guy's fast. Not only is he fast, he's also agile. He's got great, ref- you know, uh, reflexes. And this is saying something. I'm not saying, oh, he's a big, huge guy for something that big. He can, no, no, no. Compared to almost anyone, he moves insanely fast and is very agile. In terms of durability, he's really hard to hurt, like crazy hard to hurt, and even damaged. To do so, you have to be an even bigger badass than Megatron, as in you're starting to approach Optimus Prime level, who's really more kind of neck and neck with uh, Megatron anyway. Megatron is so durable that when he held an antimatter energon kind of device in his chest, it went critical, blew up, he survived the explosion. With that in his chest, he still survived the explosion. Megatron was at ground zero of another what was called planet-moving explosion. Explosion, and he survived with only a few cracks in his armor. He's easily tanked being submerged in lava. All stuff that Captain Carrot can't do. He's got that incredible, we saw it once, I wish we saw it more of a lightsaber-style battle mace and flail that he used like a master. Remember, in a battle against Optimus Prime where Optimus had a laser axe, Megatron took him down, had him hanging precariously before deciding to take off. In other words, in a weapons match, 
of combative skill, Megatron was superior to Optimus Prime. There's more, by the way. By the way, Megatron can also fire electrical blasts from his hands and laser blasts from his eyes, which each are powerful enough to damage Autobots. That's crazy. Now let's talk about Megatron's arm-mounted nuclear-charged fusion cannon. His, again, nuclear-powered fusion-powered arm cannon is strong enough to destroy mountains and small cities, and that's if he's controlling it. Oh, and he can link up interdimensionally to a black hole and draw antimatter from it to use power to, like, amp up his, his arm cannon even further. At the very least, least, this guy can take out—I'm calling him a guy— our Lord and Savior Megatron can take out a continent on the planet Earth because he can shoot blasts from over 12 miles away. This is insane. This is unlike anything Captain Carrot ever had to face. That's my point number one. No, please, James Gabs. You play. I love me some Megatron, but continental threat is purely uh, uh, speculative. If he could actually blow out a continent, why didn't he just blow out the Autobots' base with one shot? and eliminate all the Autobots from 12 miles away when they were sleeping in their uh, uh, cryo chamber things, whatever, when they were attached to the wall sleeping. The reason he didn't do that is because he can't do that. You're, you're speculating a whole lot of stuff. You're putting math on top of math, but we have to go with what the character's actually been seen to do, and he had some great feats. But to sit here and say from 12 miles away, he can blow out a cunt, all of North America, Megatron can decimate with one blast. If he could do it, he would have done it on the show to eliminate the Autobots. So the fact that he hasn't done it, please. And Captain Carrot, you say, oh, he has never fought. Captain Carrot has fought giant robot after giant robot in his own comics. And I know that you know this. How many, how many anthropomorphic Superman-esque uh, rabbits has Megatron faced? Zero. So advantage, Captain Carrot. <sighs> Ah, uh, race to Canis, so much nonsense. All right, listen, let's just get to uh, what our esteemed judge has to say about this. Brent Pope, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? All right, uh, Ray, I have a couple questions to ask you first. Of course. Um, just to clarify things. You had said that, I just want uh, okay, you said he eats carrots. The Are they cosmic carrots? Is that They what, are what cosmic carrots. That is what and, they are called. And where does he, I mean, are these readily available to him? Are they all over the place? Does he have to grow them? What's the deal with that? He started by personally growing them just outside of his window. But as the story progressed at the Z building, the headquarters of the zoo crew, they basically have a supply of carrots that they keep up for him. So he's always able to get more carrots at the building. But he's never outside of battle needed more than a second carrot like over the course of a single issue, usually uh, he could fight a couple of fights before he would ever need to recharge again. It's usually a plot point made. And anytime they make that plot point, it was weird because they'd be like, oh, I'm starting to get depowered. I'm feeling like I might lose this fight. Turn page, first panel. Oh, I have one right here. I'll just eat another carrot. And now I'm fine. It was a weird cliffhanger. 24 had better commercial break cliffhangers than the Captain Carrot series. So... If he eats a carrot, he can fight for 24 hours. Oh, okay, gotcha. Wait, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. 24 hours, unless he has to exert himself greatly, then the power starts to. Yeah, then the it's like 18 it. hours. It's not like 24 hours Please. becomes three minutes. That's never happened. And he's exerted himself quite a bit and even been into what James has said. He has been knocked out by, you know, by some attacks before. He still maintains his Captain Carrot form even after that. So, you know, please, even even getting knocked out doesn't blow the form. This should not be a plot point worth worrying about. Gotcha. Okay, so here's where my head's at right now. And, of course, this could change, guys, you know? So no need to really freak out 
you know, because uh, most judges, they, after the first round, they say, oh, it's tied. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do the thing where I say they're tied. The only thing I heard that really hit my ears in this round was kryptonite fist. Thank you. Okay. Kryptonite fist. Uh, that sounds pretty tough, James. And maybe you can refute that later and see, uh, you know, g- give me some reasons why the kryptonite fist would not affect Megatron. Megatron, now, I did see you heard some great things from Megatron. I'm just say by just like the... You know when you take the, the little peeler and you just slice off just the little, the very top part of the carrot? Just by that much, I'll say the Captain Carrot is ahead. Just by that thin of a slice right now. By the way, Kryptonite Fist was the name of a ska band I did in uh, 1994. So, um... It's a good yeah. band. Not bad. All right, Ray Cicadas, let's keep going with this. Go ahead and hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Captain Carrot. Let's talk about some of his other attacks that we've seen. Let's talk about some of the other powers that he has, because he's more than just a strength and durability machine, which he really is. Megatron might be a robot, but Captain Carrot's a fighting machine. At one point, Captain Carrot just put his foot down. Very, very, he stomped the ground, and he knocked out everyone within one city block. He knocked them out by stomping his foot once. The Hulk, the Incredible Hulk, wishes he was that powerful, but Captain Carrot actually is. He's also a great fighter. James will tell you, you know, oh, MMA training and and hammer locks and stuff as if that would ever come up in a fight between Megatron and Captain Carrot. But Captain Carrot is a great fighter. He took out a gang of turkeys four at a time. Why was it only four at a time? Because he only has four limbs. He jumped in the air, punched two and kicked two and one shot at all of them. And he did it repeatedly over the course of this battle. There were a lot of turkeys in this building and he took them all out. He also has extended sight. He's got extent enhanced sight. He spotted his enemy clear across town with what he referred to as 24 carat vision. Nobody in the zoo crew knew where to go to find the evil egg that they were fighting. Yes, it was a, it was a sunny side up egg that kept growing bigger. It was like the blob, but it was an egg. Well, he saw it clear across town with his 24 carat vision, enhanced vision. He also has enhanced hearing as well with those giant bunny ears. He heard sounds of distress happening all the way across town in the UN building, of course, the United Nature building, and he was able to go in and answer the call there. At one point, he heard an underground river underneath his feet, like uh, uh, under where they were walking. Pig Iron grabbed him and smashed him into the ground to reveal a geyser of water, which helped them in that situation. And he also has extremely powerful leaping abilities. Now, later on, Captain Carrot does achieve flight, but his true power comes from this massive jumping power. Superman got a head start to head towards that UN building I mentioned earlier, but through his ability to jump and bound and leap quickly, Captain Carrot caught up to Superman while he was on the way to that building when Superman had a head start. When you can catch up to a flying Superman who's on the way fast to save people, you have to say that is an insane speed feat that he absolutely was able to do. He also has the power behind this cannot be said. You think of jumping, you think of like, oh, tall buildings in a single bound, like original Superman comics were. He jumped into space. He was able to jump into space when he grabbed that space shuttle earlier, and he's done it on multiple occasions. And in fact, at one point, Starro, the destroyer, teleported him and the whole zoo crew to the planet Pluto. And they were able to survive in that atmosphere with no problem. Apparently, he doesn't need to breathe in space either because he was able to have a full conversation out there with other members of the zoo crew 
just trying to figure out how they were going to work through their problems. So if you can survive the vacuum of space, you're pretty strong, pretty powerful. You can survive on the planet Pluto, you're doing good. And his speed. He's fought a lot, and I mean a lot of giant robots. Megatron ain't nothing to Captain Carrot. At one point, a giant robot shot out both of its fists, like rocket-powered fists shot at him. He was able to get in front of this rocket-powered fist, run around where the fist was chasing him. It was homing in on him, get in front of the face of his uh, of the giant robot, and then get out of the way at the last second, and it punched the robot right in the face and knocked him down. That's how fast, how smart, how great-thinking Captain Carrot is, and when he fights giant robots, Captain Carrot gets the win. And that's my point number two. Really, Ray Stacanus? Really? You, you, you feel that my reading skills are subpar, that you need to insult me and the Legion of Audience and remind our esteemed judge with falsehoods from comic books? All right, the first of all. The problem is, I know your reading skills aren't up to par, James, so I don't know what nonsense you're about to come at me with. All right, well, here's the first part of the piece of nonsense. Uh, in Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew, issue number one, when he st- Captain Carrot stomped his foot, he knocked out about 16 of these creatures, animal people, whatever you want to call them, that were in a circle all around him. So he stomped his foot, still impressive, knocked Those them all down. Those are just the ones we saw on the panel, James. I'm assuming there were a lot more going at full city block. Gotcha. So you have no idea if it was a city block, if it was in the immediate area, which it was shown on the page. We're talking about actual facts. There's nothing to support this insane power if he knocked out everyone in the city block. Wish there was, because it'd be great, but there wasn't. All right, let me keep going. Catching up to Superman, while he was severely weakened in this universe, I already made this point, Ray Stacanus. Superman was at, what, a third, a quarter power? Who knows what? And Captain Carrot was able to jump and kind of keep up with Superman, who was taking easy during his flight to wherever he was going. Not that impressive. Doesn't I mean, it's cool. Not that impressive. Not even close to being Superman class in terms of speed. And finally, finally, jumping is highly limited. Look, we've seen the Incredible Hulk in so many comic book issues jump in a direction trying to attack someone who can fly. Guess what the person does who's flying? They um, move a little bit out of the way to get out of someone who's jumping at them. See, when you jump, you can't change your direction in midair. You're going in one direction. That's a real kind of problem that he's going to have against Megatron. All right, let me get to my point number two, where we're going to talk right now about his fighting ability and Megatron's ruthlessness. Before we do that, by the way, to follow up on Brent Pope's question, Megatron wouldn't blow up the continent race to Canis because why he's there to collect energon he's trying to steal energon for wherever he can get it blowing up the continent especially north america hello energy rich he got energon wherever he went not a thing he's going to do and finally kryptonite kryptonite punch what's that going to do to megatron he's taking punches from optimus prime who's insanely more powerful than captain carrot a kryptonite punch that is nothing all right so here's the deal how good of a fighter is megatron ray you talked about this a little bit Here's the deal. Megatron is one of the best fighters in the Transformers universe, at least in the G1 animated universe from the 80s that kind of continued on. Megatron wrestled with Grimlock's dinosaur mode and kind of did very well with that. He won a battle royale against Starscream, Blitzwing, Astrotrain, and Devastator, who's made up of the Constructicons. He won that whole huge battle royale WWE style, beat them all. That's crazy. By the way, he's going to do anything and everything it takes to win. Has Captain Carrot ever thrown a really good stylized kick? You said it. No. Does he know how to block a punch really well? No. Does he know how to instantly study someone to determine their weakness like Megatron can easily do? No. Does he know how to use different powers and abilities at the same time to be more effective in a battle like Megatron knows that? No. No to all of that kind of stuff. Look, Megatron, he's not just a well-trained fighter. I've been seeing this for 
freaking decades. He's a champion of the Gladiator Games of Cybertron. On top of that, he's been fighting a war on the front lines with the Decepticons for millions of years on Cybertron, then on Earth. And on top of that, who does Megatron have a lot of fights against? Oh, that's right. It's Optimus Prime, quite possibly the best warrior. He probably holds that title and fighter in the Transformers universe. And even, here's the deal, more on this later, Megatron has a win over Optimus Prime in a really sad way, too, I might add. More on that later. But the cool thing is he used treachery and ruthlessness to get that fight. Two things that Captain Carrot has fallen for and also two things that Captain Karen won't use in this fight. Now let's talk about Megatron's tactics and his ruthlessness. See, Megatron and Captain Carrot, they're kind of polar opposites when you think about it. Megatron, you know, he's a disciplined, pretty ruthless, warmongering, what's the right word, tyrant, I guess. And in case you haven't figured it out, he's literally going to do anything to win. Again, more on that later. Now, Captain Carrot, let's take a look at him. He's, what, somewhat, uh, you know, of a strict moral code type of person, type of superhero. Uh, he wants to win, but he doesn't want to put anyone in harm's way. He'll want to win in a way that helps him kind of stay to his moral code. That's cool. That's great. That provides for great drama. That provides a possible win in the third, fourth, or fifth encounter. In the first time encounter, he's getting wrecked. All right. Megatron, look, he doesn't have that same code. If someone needs to be put in harm's way, he's going to have no problem doing it. Look. We saw this with the Transformers movie in uh, the late 80s where he was fighting Optimus Prime and he grabbed onto Hot Rod, who became Rodimus Prime, of course. And what he did is he pretended he was weak, whatever, then, you know, to get some, buy him some time when Optimus Prime was about to shoot him with whatever after a really cool fight. And he grabs Hot Rod and holds him. And, you know, Optimus Prime's like, oh, no, I won't do anything. And in that moment, Opt uh, Megatron took advantage of it and started shooting Optimus Prime horrifically. It made me cry when I saw it. It was horrible. But he's got the win. That's what he's going to do. In the end, you got millions of years of fighting experience against top competition, an insanely high level of skill, no morals to hold you back, where you'll do anything to get the win, versus someone who's had their powers for, I don't know, a few months at best, It's not a great fighter, they have a moral code, and are going to easily fall to distraction tactics used by Megatron. That's a fact. This is not looking good for Captain Carrot. That's my point number two. I'm a little bit, but not too surprised that James would go for the he would go there and your character wouldn't argument. One of the weakest we can go to in who would win battles. And I will counter that by saying when you talk about Megatron's ability to fight, doesn't he run away a lot? As soon as James, when you opposed Megatron, you made a very critical point that he got hit with like, what was it, foam? And he decided to run away. There's no character in the history of animation who has the lead, has the edge, has the advantage, and has one thing go wrong and then immediately chooses to retreat and run away, then Megatron in the Transformers cartoon, a point that you based your entire argument on last time, and I know that we've outlawed these arguments, but it doesn't matter because it bears repeating again. The second he gets one-shotted, one hit from Captain Carrot is going to go, whoa, that's like kryptonite level on Superman. I'm getting out of here. And he's going to just fly away. And you say, oh, 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 who has, who has Megatron, Megatron's been punched by Optimus Prime? Okay, well, Superman's been hit by Doomsday, Darkseid, Bizarro, all of the strongest characters in DC Comics. And who's the one who flattened him to the point he mentioned it out loud? Captain Carrot did that. Not Doomsday. He didn't say that was like a kryptonite level punch. But when Captain Carrot hits him, he felt it and said it out loud. When he was weakened in Earth, see, I've already said this three times. All right, listen, this is all cool. This is all fine. But we are now at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Brent tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But 
Before we get to what Brent has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we have a very special patron, you know, very, very active on the social medias and worth mentioning again. We got Devin Woody today as our patron of the week. Okay, when you have to go up against an opponent like that, I got to reach into the bag of tricks and pull out something insane. And there's nothing more insane than having Devon Woody go up against the Care Bears. The Care Bears as a unit. This is crazy because one thing I know about Mr. Woody is that he's got a cold, cold heart. So he is a perfect opponent because he's an assassin. He, he has, he has those ice like qualities in his veins when the pressure is on and he's not afraid to go there. I know we hate that as an argument, but Devin, he's going to go there. And so when the care bears see him, they're going to say, we need to be nice to this guy. We need to get him on our side. We have to do what all care bears always do when they're dealing with, you know, any of these evil, you know, uh, murky lurkies or whatever the heck they're called. And, and the, the people with the gray clouds, we're going to line up, we're going to hold hands, and we're going to give Devin Woody the Care Bear stare. And they're going to blast him with birthday cupcakes and rainbows and four-leaf clovers and clouds and all the other joyful things. Big old hearts are going to shine out of their tummies. And Devin Woody's just going to take it all in. Soak it all in like a rechargeable battery and blast negative energy back at them. Ice cold lightning. Drop every single Care Bear and win this day. I never thought I would ever hear the argument that would show how someone could beat the Care Bears. And yet here we go. Race to Canis. The only win he's going to get today has figured out how to get a win for Devon Woody. Very well done, Race to Canis. And great job, Devon Woody. Now, remember, you two can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash who would win show and sign up. And you may be featured in an upcoming episode of who would win. Now, back to the turning point. Brent, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead? And what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? Okay. So round two was, you know, a kind of complete polar opposite for me from the first round, I guess, uh, because James really leaned into the, well, the no morals, you know, uh, which means he'll do anything. And also adding to that, the experience, the millions of years of experience and just saying millions of years makes me think that he's like super durable. He's been around for millions of years. Uh, now, um, Ray. I think a big thing right now that you're going to have to overcome is the whole, you know, Megatron can definitely fly a, a lot, right? He can fly all over the place. You said the Captain Carrot, I guess, leaps more than he flies, or did you say he can fly sometimes? Regardless towards, of which one that is. Towards the back end of his, of his career, he did pick up the power of flight, but uh, the, the majority of time, he has very powerful leaps that could take him up into space if need be. So it's very, very fast. He can get out of the Earth's atmosphere. That's a certain level of speed and power. Okay, so you're going to have to overcome the whole, you know, the old 80s TV show, Greatest American Hero, still learning how to use your powers (laughs) and suit thing experience deal and still learning to fly over Megatron. And for James, uh, I just want to hear, like, how Megatron, I guess for both of you, how specifically you think one would finish the other one off. Ooh, okay. Getting down to right now, I'm going to say Megatron's ahead. You know, by oh gosh, his skinny little nose. Just by that much, he's he's ahead by a nose. He's got a nice nose. 
I yeah. noticed that. It's a really nice – yeah, it's a really nice nose. All right. I think I know what to do from this. Go, uh, moving forward from this, thanks to Brent Pope. All right, race to Canis. It's all down to point number three. Go ahead and hit us with what you got. Brent Pope, believe it or not, Captain Carrot jumps like he's walking on air. That's all you need to know about that. Very, very powerful jumps that he has great control over. But let's talk about some of his big wins and a little secret at the end. Now, first off, Megatron. You know, James likes to say he has millions of years of experience. Well, so many of these millions of years was just crossing the galaxy to get down to Earth. And then didn't they lay dormant for an extended period of time? He did have plenty of fights, but they were only against other robots that he already knew about ahead of time. That's who Megatron was fighting. Captain Carrot had Monster of the Week, new, new person to figure out over time. He, Megatron doesn't need to figure out new opponents the way that Captain Carrot does. So in a, in a battle of, of unknowns, Captain Carrot, I say, will figure it out faster than Megatron, who's used to fighting the same people all the time. But let's talk about characters that uh, Captain Carrot has defeated. Starting off, Starro the Conqueror. He ultimately gave Starro the Conqueror, we remember this character from the movie, a haymaker to his giant uh, starfish nose, dropped him. He one-shot Starro the Conqueror with one punch. Now, granted, his teammates were holding his appendages in place, and he came in and he drilled him one good one and knocked him flat on his back. He fought a character named Jailhouse Rock, who is a giant bird in the manner of Elvis Presley. He just jumped into the air on a flying character and just jumped on his head repeatedly, driving him down to the ground with his powerful kicks and jumps. And this was a flying character he had no problem jumping in the air, catching up to, and driving down with his power. Nailed him into the ground, and Jailhouse Rock did not get up. There was a giant statue. You know, James brought up the Lincoln Memorial. Well, in the Earthsea version, that's the Abraham Lane kid, who I believe is a giant kangaroo. No, he's a giant goat. He's a giant goat of President Lincoln, who is a giant statue. Well, that statue was turned into a giant fighting robot. Tom, have you heard this before? That got up and started fighting them. If one shot, Captain Carrot knocked the head off of the Abraham Lane kid giant statue robot. Knocked his head clean off with one hit. The giant egg monster, like the blob I mentioned earlier. He had the wherewithal and smarts to jump to a nearby billboard for kitchen items, grabbed a working egg beater off of the billboard, jumped back, and used his super strength to beat this giant egg and scramble it into submission. He fought a robot, hello, Bunny from Beyond. This is a character who, who had the answers, who's sort of like dark side of this universe, soloed him, 1v1. All the other members of the zoo crew were all chained up he gave him a rabbit punch, as he called it, and said, my rabbit punch, super powerful, can take people out in one shot, knocked him down, and then tied the bunny from beyond's ears together. So when he went to go use his magic, it worked on himself. I don't know how that works, but it did, and he destroyed the bunny from beyond that way. He fought Frogzilla. Frogzilla is a frog Godzilla kaiju monster. Punched him, jumped in the air, punched him one time, knocked him into a building, crumbling the building and crumbling Frogzilla. He also has wins over actual Gorilla Grodd, who came into his universe. We remember that character. A win over Amezu, who's like Amezo with the powers of all of the Justice League, except, you know, he's a, a conglomeration of animals. And he's got a win over Amezu. And let's not forget the one time Captain Carrot tangled with, I don't know, 
Superman, he knocked him clear through two walls and Superman commented how ridiculously strong he was. So he has a win over Superman. It's cool you got a win over Optimus Prime who got shot to death at one point. Cool. But a win over Superman has to carry a lot of weight. And the final thing to talk about, cartoon physics. Captain Carrot does not obey the laws of physics like Megatron does. He obeys cartoon physics or Toon Force, as we call it. Repeatedly, he has been crushed flat against the ground and then jumped back up again and been completely fine with no damage. Essentially, the awesome durability, invulnerability of Plastic Man. When you hit him, he obeys the laws of cartoon physics. And then the final thing to mention, in the Multiplicity comic book series that came later, all of these crew captured all the different supermen around the galaxy. And they kidnapped them and captured them because they knew they were the only people who could stop them. Well, one of the people they went after was, you guessed it, Captain Carrot. James wants to say he's not a Superman-class person, but in the Multiplicity series, this evil group apparently thought he was and thought he was a threat and went after him. At the end of the day, you know, Megatron's great, don't get me wrong, but he's dealing with a Superman-level character, and at the end of the day, Captain Carrot is too much. Superman is too much for Megatron. And you gotta see it that way. And that's my point number three. Wow. Wow. This was uh, this was entertaining storytelling at its finest. I wish you were one of the writers on the Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew uh, comic book series. What you're saying right now would have been an amazing storyline. I think their 20-issue run would have been at least 22 issues if you had been one of the writers on that series. Okay, let me push back on some of what you were saying real quick. When Captain Carrot knocked out, supposedly knocked out Starro, he was with the rest of the Zoo Crew. And this entire comic book, they're fighting Starro the whole time. They're all hitting him. They're all bashing him. They're all trying to hurt him. And finally, after a long extended battle, after getting smacked around a whole lot, they finally combined as a team to take him out. That's cool. He's a great, powerful member of his team. But again, it was a team effort. Also, Superman saying that he's got to win. They never even really fought. There's a punch traded. Superman's like, oh, cool. This guy's got powers. Came back. And he's like, yeah. wow, that's pretty cool. You're that's right, not James. They didn't fight because Superman knew better after getting his handed to him. I don't know if I've mentioned this. Uh, Superman, I, and again, this is kind of weird information. Superman was actually insanely weakened in this Earth-Sea universe. He was like maybe a third of his Allegedly. power. Maybe, he said it. He He's said making it excuses three for or four himself. times. And then finally, finally, they went off in the Multiplicity series. These people came after Captain Carrick they thought he was a threat and they had to take him on. Yeah, you didn't say if they won or lost. Again, Captain Carrot's got a ton of losses. He's People think, oh, look, he's a Superman-like bunny, but he's not. He's not even close. He has a cape. He has big muscles. They're like, they think he's like, he's not. He's not even close. And let me explain why. Let me hit you with my point number three. Let's talk about weaknesses of both characters and some big ones for Megatron. So, Megatron's weakness. Now, according to everything I could find that discussed G1, the animated series version of Megatron from 1984, all the stats I found said that they had the same thing in terms of weaknesses. They, you know, it's the same list of weaknesses. They order them alphabetically, and in order of his weaknesses, again alphabetically, he has no known weaknesses. That is an official thing. In other words, the only way to take him out, like he's a big, huge locomotive, you're gonna have to you find a bigger locomotive to take him out. You just, he's just that powerful. He has no known weaknesses. Now, there's no kryptonite. There's no magical thing. There's nothing. And again, it's just something you need insane with a lot more power to even start coming close to being able to take out Megatron. Now, Captain Cameron on the other hand has a few weaknesses. Now, first of all, he, again, I already mentioned he's not a great fighter. 
you know, in the comic book series, he was an artist and then a writer. He's got no formal fight training. His techniques are limited to punching, some kicking, some grabbing, and maybe some tackling. Awesome. Captain Carrot is what we call a basic fighter at best. Put that against Megatron with millions and billions and millions of years as a gladiator fighting wars. You can see where there's a discrepancy. Also, a character named Fat Cat knocked Captain Carrot out using a weapon that zapped him with electricity. Now, if that took him out, what the heck would Megatron's fusion cannon do? And remember, Megatron can shoot super powerful electricity from his hands that can take out Autobots. Seems like Megatron has the actual kryptonite to Captain Carrot in the form of electrical attack, something that knocked Captain Carrot out. Against a character called the Bunny from Beyond, Race to Canis, great character. When trapped in a beam of energy, Captain Carrot blacked out from, you'll never guess, physical exertion. It's like what happens when Ray runs up the stairs. Too much physical exertion against an opponent makes Captain Carrot black out. That's crazy. So all of a sudden, he's trying to fight against Megatron. He's like, I'll try really hard. And darkness. Here we go. Captain Carrot is also typically overpowered. We saw this in so many issues of the Zoo Crew. He was overpowered by Bunny from Beyond. I just mentioned that. He also was knocked out by a backhand, a slight backhand by a character named Was Wolf because he was a wolf and now he's kind of a dude. I don't get how this works. The point being, Captain Carrot is very often overpowered. I wonder how that would work in somebody who can pick up 175 tons easier than I can pick up a chair. All right. Let's see. Captain Carrot's big wins. They're all part of the zoo crew. I already mentioned that. And, you know, Captain Carrot has a limited time to use the carrots. And the more he exerts himself, the less time he has. This will be a big, big time fight. Let's talk about Megatron's big wins. So Megatron has taken out lots and lots of Autobots. Listen, in that final movie, the uh, Transformers, the animated film from the mid late 80s, I should say, Megatron, the first 10 minutes, starts taking out Autobots like a boss. He takes out two Autobots, you know, shoulder shots, bronze, one of them. Ironhide gets shot, crawls up to Megatron. Megatron points his fusion cannon down at the head of Ironhide. And young James Gabs, he's like, what the heck is happening? And shoots Ironhide in the head. That doesn't seem like someone who's going to back away from a fight. Look, then he goes to Autobot City on Earth and starts blowing up everything and everyone, taking out Autobots like a boss. And then finally Optimus Prime comes in. Now, look, they had an epic fight. Optimus Prime was getting the better of Megatron, not going to lie. But at the end of the day, who was the first one to die between the two? It was Optimus Prime. Megatron survived barely, but he did survive longer by using that ruthlessness, that guile, that, you know, I'll do whatever it takes thing to beat Optimus Prime. This is something that is absolutely horrific, but that Megatron's going to do that Captain Carrot's not, you know, used to. Let's see, at the end of the day, you know, he's got the electrical attacks that take out Captain Carrot. He's got the fact that Captain Carrot passes out when he exerts himself physically, which he will do against Megatron. He's got all these other weaknesses. Put that up against Megatron, who doesn't black out when he goes up the stairs. Who's, I don't know, can shoot you with an energy blast 12 miles away. He can shoot you with electricity, who actually killed Optimus Prime. And it's easy to see why Captain Carrot goes down like Race to Canis after witnessing the Detroit Lions play every Sunday. That's why Captain Carrot loses. That's why Megatron wins. And that is my point number three. First off, how dare you bring my Detroit Lions into this battle? Look, they're, they're doing better as of late. How dare you, sir? Now, what I will say right now is, uh, no, no. Pretty much everything that you're saying right now. No, the thing that he, the buddy from beyond hit him with was a thing that weakened and, uh, and caused people. He, he didn't pass out from exertion. He passed out because he was being hit with a beam that weakened him and weakened the entire team. That was the whole point, is that he came down and was able to, to hit people with this. Oh, by the way, something that he was able to overcome a little bit later on, first off. Now, you talk about all these wins he had with the team, with the Zoo Crew. Well, it's pretty well known the Zoo Crew doesn't fight very well together. They often pair off in groups of two, and, and they get in each other's way. So Captain Carrot really needs these wins, and that's why I, I focused on some of his solo wins, like, oh, the bunny from beyond I just mentioned. 
uh, and Superman, oh, by the way, in, in the middle of all of this, what is Megatron's biggest weakness? It's overconfidence. And you know what? He thinks that fighting robots are superior to humans. He says it all the time. And that makes him what? Overconfident. Megatron is going to attempt to punch and fly and shoot at Captain Carrot, who's not going to go down for very long. Definitely not the two minutes. He's going to be flying through the air, planning his next move when Captain Carrot, with a jump of speed, will do what he did to Jailhouse Rock. Jump in the air, kick down on Megatron's head, because he's not going to see it coming, because he'll be overconfident, thinking, what can this bunny do to me? He's going to drive straight down into the ground, crater into the ground, very, very hard. He's going to feel it. Captain Carrot's going to drop down. Megatron's going to stand up a little bit damaged. Captain Carrot's going to see him get up, run up, give him the rabbit punch, give him the haymaker. And as I said before, his head's going to pop off like rock'em sock'em robots ending this battle. A win for Captain Carrot. I will take my win against Megatron. Oh, and two. Sorry, James, but you just don't have enough. I love your fan fiction, by the way. It's fantastic. You should blog more often with that. All right, Brent. It's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Captain Carrot, unbelievable, and Megatron. All right. You know, well done by both of you. I think you both argued well with the characters that you had, with whatever strengths and weaknesses they had. I think you did a good job of representing them. I will say this. There's a couple things that made a big impression on me. One was... The experience factor, I know, yes, they flew across the galaxy or the universe or whatever for a long time, but he still has had a lot more battles than Captain Carrot. So that's one thing. Uh, and that going along with that, there's a lot of the, the, the trickery and the guile and these kind of things that Captain Carrot might fall for just being less experienced. Maybe if it was a little bit later in his career, maybe he wouldn't. So that's another thing I considered. Uh, now, Captain Carrot. He did have, you know, the he did lay a little damage to Superman, but then as James mentioned, also it was a weakened Superman. So I think that's, you know, not as impressive. And then the thing with Starro was impressive that he, you know, punched him real hard and he fell apart. But, you know, it was a team effort and someone else was holding Starro. So we don't know what would happen if Starro wasn't being held. I could see Captain Carrot getting up on top of, you know, leaping up high and trying to do his pounding uh, Megatron into the ground thing. But I don't think Megatron would be sitting there letting him do it without shooting him right in the face with his cannons that he has and the electricity. So I just don't think that would be effective. And if it came down to it, I you know, it's like the Captain America thing. I think Megatron could do it all day and over several days if they had to keep going. And I just don't find a way that that Captain Carrot would be able to stop Megatron enough to make it past where he wouldn't need more carrots. And eventually, he's going to need more carrots and not be able to probably get to them. Or but when he's trying to get to them, Megatron will finally take him out. And so I guess that's why I'm going to say that Megatron today is the winner. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Race of Kings gets four wins in a row, wins four battles. But James Gadsy wins the war by bringing back... Megatron, in the way he should have been represented once and for all, you're welcome. Race to Canis, how do you feel after today's battle? I can't feel bad. If your big plan for season four is to win 20% of the battles, but only the ones you really want, I will take winning 80%. Quite honestly, I should be winning 80% of the battles on this show. So how do you even, how do you even feel totally bad about uh, winning four in a row and then having a bad decision go against you like this. Obviously, Captain Carrot would win. Uh, the people at home, a hashtag Ray was robbed. 
But at the end of the day, I should be angry. I should be mad. I should be shouting things at Brent Pope right now. But the fact that I've accomplished what I have, and here I sit one victory away from winning season four on the Who Would Win show, and it's not even December yet, and I got Captain Carrot on the show in the first place, I have accomplished what I set out to do at the start of the season, and I am on pace for a tremendous season four victory. This is a mere bump in the road, and it's a bump in the road I will gladly give up. Megatron got robbed his first time. He shouldn't have won today, but I'm happy for the fact that he did as a character, not for James. I'm going to say good enough. Good enough today, Brent Pope. Good enough today, James Gavsey. I can't get too mad over being so great myself. Here's the thing. This is a battle that's been brewing in my head, not with Captain Carrot, mind you, but something involving Megatron now for, what, four, almost four years? Ever since season one, I don't know if you remember this, Ray, and the Hoodwin production team said, okay, let's put Megatron into a battle, and we suggested King Kong. I'm like, great, well, obviously I'll take Megatron because I'm such a huge Megatron fanatic. And the team's like, no, Ray Stacanus should take Megatron, and you even jumped in on two because Ray Stacanus will rep Megatron the best way possible, and they kind of you know, have similar tendencies. And I'm like, really? Okay, let's see what happens. And then we get to the Megatron versus King Kong fight. Should have been a walk for Megatron. Sure enough, Ray Stacanus loses the fight. Makes me just question everything about humanity as a whole. I got to tell you, I don't feel good. I feel absolutely fantastic because I took the horrible judge decisions that's been happening all season and turned that into a win. And I made Lord, our Lord and Savior Megatron look fantastic. I may as well just end season four right now because I think I've just got the ultimate win. I am jubilant is what I'm trying to say. Brent Pope, with your wisdom, with your judgment, yet again, you have shown justice to the Legion of Audience, our fan base for the Who Would Win show. Please tell our audience where they can find you online. Well, first, I want to say, Ray, you you know, you know lost today, but you had Captain Carrot. Aren't you glad you won four in a row, though? I mean, let's, let's just say that. And also, I want to say also, Ray, the worst argument you had the entire time, it really annoyed me, was when you said, oh, these one guys came and they thought he was Superman. Oh, cool. Well, you know, the Ewoks thought that C-3PO was a god. It's a bad argument. Anyway, you can find me at Scoops Pope on Instagram, on Twitter. You can go to my uh, website, brentpope.com, watch all my TV appearances, uh, you know, some of them on there, the clips, and uh, my Breakfast with Brent Pope podcast. Everyone should listen to this. It's breakfast. It's uh, Ray, had a, Ray and I had a delightful breakfast, not that breakfast, not that long ago. And we took pictures with at the famous, uh, what was that called? Circus Liquor with the famous uh, giant clown liquor uh, uh, statue out there. The big the big neon sign that they had in Clueless when, when Cher gets kicked out of the car by Elton, among other places. Anyway, that's where you can find me. Always fun to be on the show, guys. Ha- thanks for inviting me, even though, as always, you had no choice. We really didn't. Really didn't. But we were glad to have you here. Ray Sicanus. Your streak has come to an end, as most evil streaks do. Tell our legion of audience, our fan base, where they can find you. Well, first off, I am looking forward to the third degree, talking to Brent Pope about this decision. I want to get to the root of where you came from to make this call today. And I think we're going to find it. So check out that video on our Patreon. Now, again, Captain Carrot getting a a win today would have been perfect. It would have won the season four for me outright it would have given me an unheard of five in a row and to be honest i've been wanting to rep captain carrot for years and years and years so while i'm disappointed i'm so far ahead look when you're the detroit tigers playing against the atlanta braves 
and you're up 7 nothing in the eighth inning, and they hit a home run in the bottom of the eighth to make it 7-1. You don't like it, but you can get over it because you're coasting to victory. And in season four, quite frankly, I am coasting to an impressive victory. James Gavsey, if you want to end season four right now like you suggested, I say let's do it. Let's take a month off. All of December, let's go dark. No more battles in the year 2022. Ray wins. Ray dominates. What do you say? Yeah, we got advertisers and sponsors. We can't do that. Oh, we do. They yeah. would be very angry if we suddenly stopped yeah, doing episodes for uh, a month. Yeah, I like some, some big money that comes in. Yeah, that's not a good I, thing. <laughs> hey, go to Indeed.com and hire your next person. That's a freebie. Okay. There you go. What I will say right now is disappointment, sure. Joy. The unexuberated joy that Captain Carrot brings to my life. I have some of his physical comics in my house right now. You can also read all of them online for free on one of those sites. If that's a thing you would like to do, Captain Carrot, you're my man. You're my man, Captain Carrot. I hope this isn't the last time we see you on the Who Would Win show. That's all I'm going to say about that. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Obviously, hashtag Ray was robbed. Let me know. Let the judge know. Let James know that Captain Carrot was the true winner today, even if he didn't get the decision. You know who the real winners are today, other than the uh, fans of the show, uh, would be all those people who actually purchased Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew back in the day. I just looked it up. Uh, issue number one, the premier issue, is actually uh, worth a whopping $6. And $6. I own it. You are a wealthy man, good sir. All right. You can it's find at me. least a 6.2. Possibly. You can find me on Twitter. You know what I was thinking, actually, is uh, we, I was almost considering instead of Megatron, I almost went with NFL Super Pro. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. Wrap your mind around that one. That would be crazy. I don't want to even think about that anymore. That's, That's upsetting to me. That, Had you done that, you actually would have gotten to me. Yeah. I, I, had to, I just had to, you know correct a, a wrong that was made years ago. All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Racy Canis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. What's up, everyone? Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia! Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash who'd win show right now. 
Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.